Previously on Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise. Can you, do you, what, what do you recall? May I ask about the day that, uh, that Mathieu was attacked? Or can you tell me about that day? Yes, I, um, yes. I can talk about it. I said, uh, whatever anyone says about this, uh, whether it's the press or relatives, we know what we're doing when we go in the water. It's kind of like a pact. This isn't some senseless or reckless act. We know it's dangerous. So we had a long talk about it, and I still went into the water. Others followed, and Mathieu joined us um, later as well. He'd just gone into the water. And, um, there was a big series of waves that had just gone by, and he let them go and went over them. He went further out, and as uh, he came back down into this last big wave, he was attacked and held by the fameux rond, the fameux tache rouge. I just saw the big red stain in the water. Imagine if Kelly Slater was out surfing at Malibu on a gorgeous, crowded Sunday when he got attacked by two sharks simultaneously. Now imagine that all the lifeguards jumped in the water to save Slater right in front of the crowd and failed. That's kind of what the death of Mathieu Schiller at Bucon Cano in September of 2011 was like for France. So it's no wonder that the French mainstream media went big. And once the French mainstream media went big, the Reunion Island shark crisis was suddenly on the radar of major international ocean conservation NGOs, turning the whole situation from a local island nightmare into a proxy war in the global fight over the fate of the seas. I'm Dan Duane, and this is Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise, Episode 6, Postcards from Paris. Mathieu Schiller was a truly beloved local hero. So when he was killed, Parisian TV news shows were on that story so fast that reunion islanders who just happened to be in Paris knew about the incident within hours. Take Ariane Lupi, an employee of the Reunion Island Tourism Board at the time. We met recently in the lobby of the beautiful Hotel Bucancano on a gracious couch in the breezeway that cannot have been more than 200 yards from the exact spot where Mathieu Schiller got attacked. Ariane was quite an elegant human being, too, very movie star at the beach in an uber-French way. And she told me she'd been literally on the floor of a major international tourism convention in Paris when Mathieu Schiller died. It's important to know that I am Réunionese, and I grew up on this beach where there were no restrictions at all. We would go swimming, dining, diving, and surfing. There was the Boucan Surf Club here, and there was another competitive club in Roche-Noire, 
where we had a very healthy rivalry between the two clubs. But this period was quite Hawaiian. This relationship with surfing, living together in harmony, how can I put this? Chilled out mood and atmosphere. So with Pascal Virolo, we put in place this strategy to attract tourists on direct flights between Réunion and France and the rest of Europe. And we were selling it as a little piece of French territory with all the advantages on top. Beaches, wonderful temperatures, incredible landscapes, breathtaking landscapes. Lupi was in Paris to sell that strategy in September of 2011 with a heavy emphasis on surfing and fun in the sun. In fact, it took place on the first day of the International Tourism Trade Fair in Paris. And the worst thing was that the little freebies that we were handing out were little keyrings in the shape of surfboards. It was a brutal attack. We were very touched and moved, and we knew that from that day forward, nothing would be the same as before. By that very night, Parisian TV news was all over the story, even as firefighters and cops down on Reunion were still searching for Schiller's body. So the Parisian media audience was also tuned in when Jean-Francois Nativel, this was on September 21st, two days after the attack, went on local Reunion TV demanding a new round of shark fishing. A newspaper countered with a French national shark specialist, a very big deal guy named Bernard Serret, saying, shark fishing is mass murder. The shark is sacrificed on the altar of human stupidity. This Serret guy added that in his view, that entire stretch of reunion, like the whole West Coast, would just have to be closed down for human use. Bada bang, done. He would also add, later, that even if the Marine Reserve did factor into the attacks, you cannot have a nautical theme park and a reserve in the same place. You have to make a choice. The Prefect of Reunion Island, and okay, just to pause for a minute, because this title prefect comes up a lot, and there really is no American equivalent. But the prefect is an appointed federal official whose job is to coordinate between federal agencies and local government. And one of the prefect's big briefs is to help with security issues and public safety. So the prefect of Reunion Island tried to do what Bernard Saray suggested, make a choice between Marine Reserve and Nautical Theme Park. And he chose to go with the latter, per Jean-Francois, by calling an emergency staff meeting and ordering his team to organize a new shark fishing campaign. Let's go kill some sharks. A local official named Benoit Hubert was put in charge of this new shark fishing campaign, and he swore to the local paper, it is not a question of organizing a wild shark hunt, but of targeting the species that are known to be dangerous within a precise and clear framework. Asked who would carry out the fishing, Huber replied, we won't take the first cowboy that comes along. But as soon as Huber's office kicked off this new shark hunt with a catch ceiling of 10 bull sharks and 10 tiger sharks, Parisian news outlets picked up the story again. Because all of a sudden, the story of Mathieu Schiller's death was becoming a story of official government-sanctioned shark slaughter. And that is really when the whole crisis became way bigger than Reunion Island. Because that is when it caught the attention of Brigitte Bardot, 
the original blonde bombshell movie star, one of the greatest living French culture heroes and celebrities, and heavyweight animal rights activist. Reunion had been on Bardot's radar for years because of this horrible 2005 scandal in which Reunion fishermen were maybe using live stray dogs as shark bait, like hooking their jaws and chucking these poor dogs into the sea to swim. Now, I should add that I have not been able to confirm the veracity of this. News reports from the period are fuzzy. And I should maybe also add that Bardot is a problematic figure. She's been fined multiple times by the French government for inciting racial violence against Muslim immigrants. And she's married to an ultra far-right political figure. But no matter how you slice it, Bardot is an 800-pound gorilla in French culture. She's a force. And all of a sudden, she was launching a personal, targeted PR campaign in defense of the sharks of Reunion Island and against the local surfers. In fact, the shark fishing had barely even begun on September 27, 2011, when French news media broadcast an open letter in which Bardot wrote, What right do we have to allow ourselves to invade all environments and eradicate every creature that represents a danger for human beings? Certain rules must be respected and communicated to the people of Réunion, especially surfers, and that... If the prefect wishes to calm people's mind by bringing back the remains of a few unfortunate sharks, this will not change the situation and will only feed the myth of the man-eating shark. Thus, everyone will lose, and this will not prevent future accidents. Now, those fishermen did not manage to catch a single shark on either the first or the second day, but Paris news media kept up the coverage because now Brigitte Bardot was involved. And that got an even bigger player into the mix, Sea Shepherd, the globe-spanning, direct-action, super-hardcore ocean defense organization, a kind of Greenpeace splinter cell, but with real money and power and a reputation for ruthlessness, labeled a terrorist organization by multiple national governments. Sea Shepherd was founded by an American, a guy named Paul Watson, but it has a huge presence in France because the French government gave Watson legal asylum when other countries were trying to arrest him. And Watson was in Paris at the time of the shark hunt down on Reunion Island. He was with Lamia Essamlali, president of the French chapter of Sea Shepherd. I remember that the, the surf, uh, French Surf Federation uh, wrote a letter asking for shark kills. And I remember I was with Paul in Paris at the time. And I told him, oh, shit, look at this. You know, the French Surf Federation is, is asking for shackle. Uh, it's disgusting. And he said, okay, you know what? He wrote a letter, an open letter, saying that the French uh, surfers of La Réunion were a shame for the whole surf community. And, and he signed it by my name. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? Why did you start it by my name? And he said, well, you know, because these guys are such machos. So, you know, it's going to piss them off even more if they know that it comes from a woman. And so he's like, okay, so you okay? I'm like, okay, okay, go ahead, release it. So he released it. Friday, September 30th, 2011, was the final day of that new shark fishing campaign. And the total catch count was still zero. 
But at 10.23 a.m. that day, Sea Shepherd officially declared Reunion a new battleground in the global war to protect aquatic life by joining the fight. With a letter online under the heading Reunion Surfers, a disgrace to the global surfing community. As a French woman, I am deeply shocked by the attitude of some of my fellow reunionese. Watson, pretending to be Lamia, calls Schiller's death a regrettable tragedy, but not an act of malice, merely the kind of thing that can happen. Watson also nods to that whole concept of prey confusion by pointing out that a surfer, seen from a shark's vantage point underwater, can look very much like a seal. Seals, of course, are the natural prey of certain shark species, like great whites, and part of the natural marine environment, unlike surfers in Watson's view. The tropical Indian Ocean doesn't really have seals, but Watson was making a broader point. To quote again, The average number of people killed each year by sharks worldwide is five. By comparison, ostriches kill an average of 100 people, which means that ostriches are 20 times more dangerous than sharks. And yet, we don't see many people crying foul and demanding the preventative hunting of ostriches. In fact, any golfer is more courageous and virile than the average reunion surfer. More golfers are killed each year by lightning strikes on the golf course than die from shark attacks. Watson mentions members of Sea Shepherd who swim regularly with great whites and tiger sharks. Female members of Sea Shepherd, he is careful to point out, as in, you know, even girls. And he says, But maybe it's because we're not made of the same wood as this group of whiny surfers from Reunion Island, who are so out of touch with reality that they've embarked on this mindless witch hunt seeking revenge. The ambient hysteria has already started to express itself with the cowardly slaughter of a dozen sharks in Reunion Island, and this is apparently only the beginning. Watson then makes the classic comparison between the puny number of humans killed by sharks each year, roughly half a dozen, and the inverse death toll of sharks killed by humans, something like you know, 90 to 100 million many of which have their fins removed before being thrown back into the sea to a slow and painful death. Sharks are an essential species for the health of our oceans, and only ignorant people would want them gone. If we eliminate sharks, we destroy the ecological integrity of the oceans, and if the oceans die, we die with them, which also means no more surfer boys. As a French woman, I am perplexed by these pseudo-French surfers who hysterically call for the lynching of sharks in reunion waters when a real surfer like 15-year-old Hannah Mighall. He was referring to a girl bitten in Tasmania who'd asked afterwards that nobody harm a shark in her name. Has the courage and wisdom to accept the responsibility that is hers when she takes the conscious and voluntary risk of surfing in the natural habitat of sharks literally disguised as the shark's natural prey. Finally, Watson calls it insulting to the memory of Matthias Schiller, whom he had not met, because, quote, Sharks don't chase us mercilessly by the millions to concoct a bowl of soup. They are not destructive or vindictive like we are with just about everything else in the oceans. So do the right thing for Matthew Schiller. Honor his life instead of dishonoring his name with your senseless witch hunt against creatures that do not deserve such a fate. The release of this letter was accompanied 
by near simultaneous publication of a Facebook ad, also from Sea Shepherd, showing the classic Jaws eye view of a surfer floating on a surfboard seen from deep underwater as if by a shark, and meant to show how easy it would be for a shark to mistake a surfer for a seal or a sea lion. Yet again, playing on that idea of shark attacks as being caused by prey confusion. And the caption read, the biggest risk to a surfer is being mistaken for an asshole. This is Chilling Tales for Dark Nights. Good evening, listener. I'm Steve Taylor, your host to a horror anthology podcast where we ask you to depart from your safe perception of reality to descend with us into the frightening depths and dark corners of twisted imaginations. With carefully curated original tales of terror each week, our deepest rooted fears are brought to the forefront by a diverse cast of voice talent and masterfully eerie sound design that bring these stories to life. We'll give you tales of unnerving encounters with the occult, harrowing hauntings, and sinister seances that show just how darkness knows no bounds. Make sure to check out Chilling Tales for Dark Nights on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Is Meghan Markle like Princess Diana? Or is she just a social climber? I was silent. Were you silent or were you silenced? Is she a breath of fresh air or a master manipulator? That's what we're going to find out on my podcast, Infamous. Apparently ambition is a terrible, terrible thing. We'll look at what happened when two dysfunctional families came together. It's the family that I suppose she's never had. And how Meghan and Harry going Hollywood all went down. Only on the podcast, Infamous. Jean-Francois Nativelle, the PE teacher who'd killed the shark after the Darjan attack, felt personally criticized. And she should start their first uh, letter uh, after Mathieu Schiller. They, they start to shame me, public, in their, in, in, on uh, the, the social media, on the uh, internet. Uh, and uh, it was so strong for me. They write uh, a letter when they... They cut me and Christopher in this letter and they said, yes, uh, uh, it's my fault if in Reunion there is less tourism. Uh, it's my fault because I said to everybody, it's dangerous and for sea shepherd, sharks are not dangerous. If you lose a leg or your, your son, it's normal. It's not dangerous. It's a, it's a God uh, gift you see, for them in their religion. The day of the first shark attack, I was with the fin of the bull shark on my head. This was true. Somebody had taken a photograph of Jean-Francois with a severed shark fin on his head. After this uh, picture, I've got maybe a hundred treat menace de mort, yeah? Death threat. Death threat, yeah. You see, because people are crazy with sharks. You got a hundred death threats, maybe yeah, something yeah, like that. Since, since the start of the shark resist. And how about and tell me about Brigitte Bardot? What was her role? Yeah. Brigitte Bardot is crazy. She's an older woman. She like a cat and 
she's a pet uh, woman, you know, uh, and as uh, for her in France, all animals are uh, equal, equal of human. So when the, when we as we kill shark to save human, she she's against this. And of course, once Brigitte Bardot and Sea Shepherd targeted reunion surfers, at least some of those surfers returned the favor. Like in response to Paul Watson's online letter in Labian's name. An hour later, I, I started receiving messages, like hate messages from people, from surfers from La Réunion, telling me, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, doing quite some macho, macho insults. And so I told him, oh, Paul, look at this. So I'm receiving so much hate messages now. And, and he said, he said, well, you know, if you can't stay in the heat, don't stay in the kitchen. And I'm like, okay, all right, I'll stay in the kitchen. Later that same day, even as Paul and Lamia were posting on Facebook up in Paris, a single shark was finally caught down on Reunion. Not a dozen sharks, as Watson had put it. And that brought the entire prefectural fishing campaign to an end. But now, the whole situation was just like an ongoing horse race for Parisian media, as in the newspaper Le Point. The sharks of Reunion Island finally won out over the surfers with a small score of two to one. Indeed, the shark removal operation ordered by the island's prefecture turned out to be a near failure, as many specialists expected. The catching operation had started pitifully on Tuesday with only two bites. On Wednesday, the bites went up to three. Lamia, meanwhile, was firing back at surfers who'd responded to the Paul Watson letter. We regret the death of Mathieu, the death of others, the injured, the amputees, and the death of the shark recently sacrificed on the altar of human stupidity, the death of 90 million sharks decimated each year by greed. But, she added, All the surfers concerned by these remarks are indeed a shame for the world surfing community and a shame for La Réunion. Understand, if you can, that in this case, the issue is not only about taking a dozen sharks. It is about our relationship with nature. And if there are people to whom we should not have to explain this, it is to surfers, which you are not. No real surfer would use the term vermin to refer to sharks. You are light years away from the values of respect for the ocean inherited to He'enalu. You have never been able to feel this magic symbiosis with the ocean and its inhabitants, which makes all the beauty and the magic of surfing. All this is out of your reach, and you probably don't even understand what you are missing. All you have is the adrenaline and the show-off. You and your acolytes are opportunists, consumers of waves. You are the boys surfers of La Réunion. Your place is in a chlorinated pool with mechanical waves. You don't deserve the ocean. Mon avis, c'est qu'ils sont aussi bons surfeurs que vous et moi. They're just as good surfers as you and me, because they surf on the waves of the media. That's Olivier Marimutu, Mathieu Schilder's lifeguard buddy, the one who tried to save him, talking about Brigitte Bardot and Sea Shepherd. As soon as you could light a match, 
they were here. If you're looking for a smoking gun, I can absolutely guarantee you, you will not find it. In October 2001, a series of letters filled with a deadly powder called anthrax were dropped into the U.S. mail system. What started as an unprecedented case turned into an unsettling mystery. Who sent these deadly letters, and why? From Campside Media and Sony Music Entertainment, I'm Josh Dean, and this is Cover Up Season 4, The Anthrax Threat, available now. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We're a new show breaking down the anime and pop culture news you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to (laughs) pretend that I don't right now. Hold it in, hold it. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) And we agree on some things, but not on everything. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. Listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Of course, shark incidents did not stop on Reunion Island just because Brigitte Bardot and Sea Shepherd suddenly wanted to protect sharks. In fact, here is just a small sampling of the next few. And the first of these, I should say, I'm mostly throwing in for fun because I can't resist it. Um, and it it didn't actually happen in the ocean. It, it happened at the Saint-Gilles Aquarium in that fancy harbor town. But check this out. Just In terms of people feeling like sharks had gone psycho, visitors to the aquarium suddenly noticed that two captive sharks, these were big draws, right? One of the larger tanks. Everybody loved go seeing these big sharks swimming around. They were gone. Why, they asked? Ah, well, one of those sharks was a juvenile bull shark, super cute and small when they first caught it and put it in the tank. But it turned out it had gotten kind of big and, well, ate the other shark and then ate all the other fish in the tank. And so then, well, they'd had to kill it. Um, anyway, this next one is sort of funny too, although in a in a terrible way, but I, I think it's okay to call it funny. October 5th, Jean-Pierre Castanelli, random dude out for a paddle on his outrigger canoe. Uh, the canoe was moving fast. Uh, I had everything at my back, the wind, the current, the swell. The shark came straight at me all of a sudden and climbed up on uh, the outrigger. It would have got me if it came from the other side where there is no outrigger. I think it was coming for me. He bit twice. He didn't let go. The shark had half his body out of the water and the canoe snapped like a matchstick. I panicked completely, cocked the paddle and hit him. I capsized at that moment. The, the, the whole of the canoe was upside down and uh, had not uh, yet sunk. There was only uh, a hole. I had my butt in the water and my legs up on the outrigger. Uh, I was drifting like that for 10 minutes, screaming for 10 minutes with the, the paddle in my hand. Uh, I thought it was over. Finally, though, Not funny. October 13, 
1.30 p.m., fisherman on a pebble beach finds in shallow water, just drifting there, a woman's torso and leg. Firemen are called out to get the deceased woman's body parts out of the water. The local mayor tells reporters who are asking about the cause of death, quote, what is sure is that the body was bitten. St. Paul town authorities now proposed building a shark exclusion net on the beach at Bukonkano to protect swimmers. But now, see, they aren't just talking to their own citizens. The whole game has changed. Brigitte Bardot and Sea Shepherd, responding just to that little small town deal, can we build a net, wrote a joint letter to the Reunion Island prefect saying that these proposed nets could constitute a deadly and silent wall for many turtles, dolphins, sharks, which is not untrue. And they judged it a, quote, ecological and moral aberration. And then the prefect, the very guy who'd ordered that first earlier shark fishing campaign, the one that only killed a single tiger shark and got, you know, Bardo and Sea Shepherd involved, and who was doubtless getting local pressure to launch a new shark fishing campaign, he did a total about face. Shark fishing was now off the table. And he ordered his people to explore the exact opposite approach, purely non-lethal methods of shark risk mitigation, like maybe giant magnetic fields or electric pulses or nautical sonar to maybe detect sharks and warn everybody. The prefect also allocated 700,000 euros for a scientific study where they'd go out and catch sharks and put acoustic tracking tags on their dorsal fins and then release them. The idea was to figure out once and for all how many sharks were really out there and what species were they and where did they hang out? Like, did they hang out in specific places or did these sharks just kind of come and go from the open ocean all the time? And then before this study can even get off the ground, it happens again. November 12, Jean-Paul Delaney spearfishing, nails a trevally. This is a huge, beautiful fish and swims for the surface. Delaney figures he'll pull up his spear with the fish from above, you know, with his head above water so he can breathe while he's pulling in the fish. But he's still swimming toward the surface when a shark appears and bites off his fin and part of his foot. And once that catch and release study did get underway, trying to fit sharks with acoustic tracking tags, the fishermen involved had a really hard time even finding sharks. And see, because this is now a European cause celeb, a super famous Belgian freediver guy named Fred Bile holds a press conference up in mainland Europe. Bile is a big deal in water sports for having been the eighth person ever to swim down more than 300 feet on a single breath of air. Now, he announced a plan to fly to Reunion, go freediving, you know, holding his breath in search of sharks and outfit those sharks with acoustic tracking tags by hand. Fred Bile got fabulous news coverage for this, and he actually gave it a try. He traveled all the way down to Reunion, you know, went out on a boat, did a bunch of dives, looking around for sharks, but he really couldn't find any, or at least not many. Bile told reporters afterward that we should all be reassured, you know, because he'd been diving all over the tropics, looking for sharks everywhere, and Reunion really just didn't have a lot. As he put it, and this is a quote, on our first dive, we saw a bulldog shark, but, you know, as soon as we got into the water, I mean, ah, sharks are very shy, almost impossible to approach or to make them approach. 
Bile also tossed out the idea that maybe the local marine reserve and its ban on spearfishing by taking humans out of the underwater zone had allowed sharks to feel safe about creeping up on surfers from below. And Bile said maybe the solution involved what he called reoccupying the water column. You know, just putting more people underwater, swimming around with spear guns and at least looking at sharks. Local authorities took the figurative bait. They actually went ahead and lifted that spearfishing ban right up until Sea Shepherd filed a lawsuit against them in Paris. And that was all it took for those local authorities on reunion to flip-flop again and re-ban spearfishing. Authorities on Reunion also allocated 300,000 euros to create a dedicated team of unarmed underwater shark lookouts. An entirely new class of French government employees, in other words, trained to swim around looking for sharks, ideally near surfers and swimmers, but without carrying spear guns. Because the worry was that if they had spear guns and a shark, you know, charged towards them, they might shoot the shark. And anyway... Mathieu Malela, a.k.a. Raton, Olivier's and Schiller's buddy, was among the very first to sign up for this new gig. Of course, that catch-and-release shark study would be going on at the same time, even as Raton got used to swimming around underwater without a spear gun. Le Point, the Parisian newspaper that had joked about the score between humans and sharks being two-to-one for the sharks, pointed out that results from the catch-and-release study wouldn't be published for at least nine months. And that, to quote, In the meantime, the sharks might have a chance to improve their score. Coming up next on Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise. So we were totally traumatized, you know, uh, like shocked. And uh, so you're like, what are we going to do? Are we going to stay on the ground for the whole summer? Like uh, cowards, you know, or, you know, frightened like uh, chicken, you know, whatever. Or are we going to try to get our territory back, you know? What if you could become stronger, more resilient, cure disease, and all you have to do is get naked in the cold and breathe? You get into ice water, and instead of like freaking out, you relax. It's called the Wim Hof Method, and Gwyneth Paltrow and Justin Bieber love it. I do the ice plunge because it's good for your body. But there's also a dark side. How many people have died doing the Wim Hof Method? We can override even death! Listen on the podcast Infamous. That's Infamous, playing now. Reunion Shark Attacks in Paradise is a production of Hyperobject Industries, Little Everywhere, and Sony Music Entertainment. It's written, reported, and hosted by me, Dan Duane. Executive produced by Adam McKay, Claire Slaughter, Harry Nelson, Dan Gallucci, and Jane Marie. Produced and engineered by Joy Sanford, Mike Richter, Dan Gallucci, and Jane Marie, with help from Zaley Mahone. Edited by Dan Gallucci and Jane Marie. All final mixes by Mike Richter. Reunion, Shark Attacks in Paradise was interpreted by James Christie and Pauline Chardin. Special thanks to all of our voice actors, Fred Gilles, Sandrine Ristello, Giulio Mendi, and Marley Otto. 
and to the many people on Reunion Island that helped make all of this possible. 